This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding to finance, set up to staffing, our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development. The founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach with me, Ann Kennedy, and Jillian Music, co-founder of Moz. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies grow, pivot, and thrive. You can find out more about that at outlinesventure.com. Today, Jillian and I are going to be talking about how critical it is to choose your investors wisely. Yes, this may be counterintuitive. You may be desperate for cash, that any cash looks good. But even if you are struggling to raise cash, please, please, please do not make a Faustian deal that will come back to haunt you. Uh, recently, we interviewed Anne-Marie Archer of Archer & Associates, a headhunting firm in Seattle. That was a May 18th show. You'll find it in our archive. And she had a lot to say about finding the right partners as well as finding key C-level employees. Culture, fit, shared vision, similar values, they all play a huge role. And coming up in July, you'll also find a CEO coach show with Sarah Bird, the CEO of Moz, who talked about the critical issue of hiring only employees who resonate with their very strong corporate culture. We think this applies to partners. But wait a minute. I have been remiss. Good morning, Jillian. No, I am. You, you I got what you I say got so is very cogent. No, that's so okay. <laughs> hey, how are, how are you on Monday? Oh, I'm doing wonderful this Monday morning. It's uh, actually cool and quiet where I am, and that's a nice thing. So I would say, Anne, the same applies to investors, and that is our topic for today. Um, I think it's very cogent stuff. We keep hearing, actually, a much broader message. Um, I think you brought that out. C-level employees, uh, you know, the staff-level employees, the uh, partners that you bring on to your companies, even vendors and so on. We should get a show all about choosing your vendors wisely, right? We're saying that investors are part of this. Corporate culture trumps everything. We keep hearing about it, and I think now we're digging in deeply so that people understand how your employees fit with your corporate culture, your uh, providers do, your partners do, and certainly now your investors as well. Anybody who doesn't fit with the culture of the company is going to move the company in the wrong direction once you've set your rudder in the water and you know how you operate with the world and it is congruent to your personal values, if you bring your personal values to the corporate marketplace, right? then it really makes a big difference. Um, you, you must 
have them in alignment. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how this applies to finding your investors because you're quite right, Anne. When you are starving, any food looks good. And so many startups are desperate for that funding and they will take the funding from any claw or hand that feeds them. So... I don't know. You want to talk about uh, some of our own portfolio companies? We've had some that, you know, got close to imploding. It, it was tough. It was really tough. There was one they were fighting with their prime investor who would rather bankrupt the company than support it to stay alive. Now, that's a really harsh situation. But there were some serious, important lessons to be learned from that company's experience. And they're, you know, they're back on Lifeline here, you know. <laughs> they haven't been voted off Survivor Island yet. But that was a tough uh, you know, episode there. All right. So the startup took investment from a group that invests in startups they believe will be useful to their core business. So it wasn't from a standard VC. It was from a corporate investment. And this could apply from all kinds of ways, right? But in this case, corporate investment, if they like the company, they say, look, that might be useful again. If it works out, then we are your buyer. So that's really enticing, you say, gee, not only do we get funding now, but we have a clear exit, an easy exit on the far end. It doesn't mean you have to sell to the other one, but, you know, to your investor, but it is a clear exit. If it works out, the investor buys the company outright in a few years. Um, they put money in, though, based on their own vision. And in this case, the vision was kind of a PPC per services model. Uh, you know, you pay for the customer, you bring them to the table, you close the deal, you convert, and so on. So they were looking at things like the cost per acquisition, the uh, cost of conversion, uh, well, the uh, speed of conversion rate, and the percent of conversion rate. Those were the issues that were important to the investor. They didn't see a disruptive, scalable, and huge value of a piece of software that was being created within the company. The company, the startup, knew that that was the hot stuff, right? But the investor wasn't looking at that. So I think that was kind of a huge deal, right? They were going to deploy this software, and they were going to change the face of their industry with it. The investor looked at it and said, well, no, we just think that the value of the customer itself that you are, you know, um, collecting here, right, that we think you have a nice scalable way to do it. We can see using the software to make that better, but that's it. Hugely different. Hugely. So the investors insisted on taking over this PPC campaign anyway, and being that PPC campaign manager, um, they became a service provider. And that means, you know, you put down a chunk of cash and suddenly you're beginning to take that cash back because you are the service provider. Right? They were being paid both for their service and for the PPC campaign costs. Right? That wasn't so cool. Suddenly the startup was no longer in control of the uh, campaign costs. The investor was in control. The investor in this case was also very opaque. The um, startup actually never got to see the campaign. They could see what was coming through in things like Google Analytics, but they couldn't see the original campaign. That was pretty harsh. And so things began to go south very, very quickly. Um, in the end, the cost per acquisition went up dramatically, well over the gross profit margin. So, oops, you're now spending more to acquire a customer than a gives you in your gross profit, now you're in serious trouble. Um, as we pull all of that together, what we're saying is the learnings that came out of such a, a story 
is that the startup should really have not taken the investment from the uh, investor to begin with or if they were going to do that in this case they did not give away controlling vote so they had a board and the controlling vote did not go to this early stage investor um, they had the ability to say no we're not giving you the PPC campaign no we're not going to take away our control of cost of acquisition um, and give it away to another party uh, we like the service provider we have or you know we're going to optimize it and so on now in all honesty, there was trouble with that campaign to begin with. And so when the investor said, well, we'll take it over, right, it, it seemed like a smart move. I guess they know what they're doing. They're in our industry. They have a major corporation there. They've got people running their campaigns and so on. But it turns out that what is required in that kind of an, a customer acquisition campaign, paid customer acquisition campaign for a startup, is significantly different than what is required for a behemoth in any given industry. Let's say you're a little computer startup, you know, and, and you're just making, I don't know, little computer bits or whatever, and, and it's a new brand. How the hell are you going to compete with Apple, right? Apple's uh, PPC campaign is going to look significantly different than yours, right? That's the kind of learnings we're saying. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be good providers. So the company, the startup, had two options to stop this problem. One was not to take the investment, or two, to take the investment, put their foot down, and have an unhappy investor. Are you really ready to have an unhappy, if you will, major investor involved in the process? That's going to be tough stuff. And that's what we're talking about in terms of making a deal with the devil, right? This is a Faustian deal. It wasn't necessarily the right um, investor. Uh, from a point of view of whether or not they had um, if you were the right outlook, the investor didn't. They didn't see the major value of the corporation that was being built, of the startup, right, the software, and how it would disrupt an entire sector of an industry. So that was bad news. The second bad news was that in the end, they were willing to bankrupt this company, just say, okay, close your doors, it didn't work, rather than work through ways to keep it going, because from the investor point of view, well, this little bit of cost of acquisition, so on and so forth, didn't work, and so we're done. All right? That's the killer one. That's when you don't align in terms of your corporate culture and your vision. So we're going to take a break here at CEO Coach, and uh, Anne, let's talk about this when we get back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. 
Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy, and Julian Music and I are talking today about how important it is to be very careful in choosing your investors, no matter how desperate you may be for cash in the early stages. The investors can set you off on a the right path, or they can set you off on a, on a very, very uh, sad downward spiral and put you in a, a situation of crisis. I was thinking as you were talking about some of the pitfalls um, about my experience with Helium.com and mm-hmm. the investors that came in. This was actually uh, something that worked out very, very well. And if I apply the kind of learnings that we are going to talk about that you brought up in the previous segment um, to what happened at Helium, I could see this is how it went right. Because what happened with Helium is about three years in, um, and this was not early stage. We we were through our Series A, but we brought in on the Series B was R.R. Um, R. Donnelly, the financial printing giant. And mm-hmm. they put two board members on our board um, of, of, at that time, I think we were a board of 10 or 12. Um, so they didn't have majority on the board, but they did put two members on their board. And they um, the, the ultimate vision that became very clear um, after R.R. Donnelly bought Helium um, for a very nice payout, I might say, um, is that what R.R. Donnelly could see was that Helium, which was a writer's community site with a peer-ranking software that uh, scaled how, how much you could um, edit and judge what writers were doing, what the what R.R. Donnelly could see was that the f- part of the future of uh, marketing was content and narrative. I keep talking about narrative. It's content. And what do we hear about now? Content marketing, content marketing. 
our Donnelly did not have that. They didn't have that capacity. And they bought themselves an incredible content machine. And they had that vision, I think, way back when they came in. It was another two years before they actually closed the sale on the company. And I think that was the situation where um, the the vision and the cultures, of course, didn't match exactly because Helium was a, a, a much smaller company than this printing giant that's been around forever. But they had the same vision about what was going to happen with this. And I think that's an example of how it can work well. Absolutely. I, I think that is um, a good learning as well. So making sure that your investor, I mean, we should really talk, Anne, about how, you know, what is what are the attributes of a good investor, right? We've got some cautionary tales here, but let's talk about how one chooses now a good investor. The first thing I think is that this uh, story about R.R. Donnelly and Helium is really very good. Um, it's uh, We have a cautionary tale, absolutely, but we also have um, a successful one. And I think the piece that you pointed out that is so important is that the alignment of vision will actually trump the alignment of values. For example, you said that R.R. Donnelly uh, had, if you will, a very kind of different corporate culture, right? I mean, they were big, standard, uh, traditional corporation, great enterprise, and so on. And we had a very small startup over at Helium, so very different cultures. But um, the alignment of the vision of the disruptive piece of uh, software or platform in this case uh, was such that both parties could move in the same direction to a successful end. And that successful exit, by the way, was that R.R. Donnelly, of course, purchased Helium, which is great. Um, But even if they had not done the purchase of Helium, even if that hadn't happened, they were at least aligned on which way this, if you will, disruptive technology was going to go, and they probably would have assisted in an appropriate exit for the company as well. In this case, they actually wanted it. Way cool. So I see two factors in that. One is there was a clarity of the vision on the part of Helium. And the second was that the leadership of both companies had uh, were unified in their perception of that vision. Yes. So I think maybe our, our real training here for anybody who's listening is get incredibly clear about not just what you are building now, but what its ramifications will be in the industry, where you expect to sell it and how you expect to get it out there and so on and so forth is less important because perhaps your major investor, if it's a corporate investment, will know that even better than you do. But you've got to get super clear about what you're building and how it affects the marketplace. As long as your investor gets that, the two of you are in alignment. And I would say that works whether you have a venture capital corporation, uh, a company, or a corporate capital uh, coming into your company, right? So VCs, venture capital, and then all of these companies now, these major corporations with VC arms, um, they have, if you will, a slightly different bent. Uh, They are like R.R. Donnelly and like the investor in the uh, company scenario that didn't work out well. They want to buy companies that would serve their uh, master corporation to, uh, you know, to grow and pivot over time. They see the changes, so that's really cool. All right, so number one, we would say that alignment of vision might trump alignment of values. The second thing, though, I would say is that if you really want that match made in heaven, the alignment of values is kind of important, especially if you're looking at a venture capitalist. The alignment of visions is probably enough to get you to build your stuff and sell it to the company that just invested in you. 
That's the uh, helium model, if you will. But let's take a look at Moz, for example, who had, again, the good fortune to have two wonderful investments. Um, the first one did have this alignment of values. The vision at that time, I think, was pretty mushy. We were in services, not in product. Um, the alignment of values between the initial venture capitalist, that was Michelle Goldberg out of Ignition Partners, was such that, and there were others in there, but she was kind of our major one, right? And it, it was so closely aligned that she was okay when we moved from services into software. And she supported that move and helped us with, um, you know, if you will, her wisdom and so on. Also had a seat on the board and, and that sort of thing. So helped the company to formulate through those very early years. Incredible patience because, you know, when you're young and flopping around um, and, and just new in business, it takes that kind of patience from your investor uh, as you have the learnings that get you to that next stage. That's number one. The second one was um, from Brad Feld driving it from the Foundry Group. And again, they started with an alignment of vision, right? Oh, excuse me, with an alignment of values. They didn't get to, so what is it you're actually building and, you know, where is it going and how is it filling and so on. It was all about the values and about getting along personally. That uh, as well helped to define the relationship that helps the company do things like, at this point, Moz has switched CEOs, has moved all kinds of people on the bus, uh, has, has changed up again how they're marketing the product, um, and no longer focused specifically on a single sector, but broadening it from enterprise to SMB to uh, chunks of, of software that can be now used by individuals, different pricing models and so on. All of that supported as you go bouncing around in that thing by somebody who has the same vision. Right? So in some cases, vision will trump values and values will trump vision in other places. I think those are really um, critical assets of any investor you want. Um, and then, of course, the question is, again, how much money do they have and do they have the risk tolerance to invest again? Uh, yeah, I was waiting for you to get to the money part where you talk about absolutely. assets – critical assets of investors money would be cash. a big, big one right they gotta have money <laughs> yeah they gotta have money absolutely so again in the failed scenario they didn't actually if you will have that much money in that coffer it's not that the company that was investing had you know financial trouble or anything like that right they're a big big company but the stuff that they put aside for the VC thing is okay you throw in this much money and that's it if it works great we buy the place and if it doesn't work we're in we're done we need right? to take a break now, and uh, when we come back, let's try and recap the learnings, because this is a fascinating topic with, I think, a lot of moving parts, but I think there's some core learnings that we can describe to everybody. Okay. We'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best name. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. 
Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. This is Ann Kennedy. I'm here with my co-partner and co-host, Julian Music. We are talking about the critical importance of choosing your investors carefully. Jillian, we've been all over a number of examples in this uh, episode. One was about one that didn't work out so well. Another was the successful one um, from Helium and R. Donnelly, that relationship. And then, of course, your success at Moz with um, finding investors who had shared values. Maybe the vision wasn't entirely clear yet, but definitely shared values. What kind of learnings can we give our listeners out of this experience? Um, a couple of things. First, I would say trust your gut around this shared values thing. It's nice to, if you will, be friendly um, when you are in this process of taking money. You are eager to take it, and they are pleased to give it, right? They have a good relationship, and then you're both on presumably the same side of the table. Now, how do we make this work? So trust your gut on that. Um, you want to be able to feel comfortable, I would say, think about that. If you are not feeling comfortable in the room with this person who has all this money or a group of people who have all this money and they're ready to give it to you, you know, sure, you, do you feel butterflies, right? But find out why. Find out if you're just kind of worried about taking that money as well. Trust your gut. Right? We have yet a third investment and in our portfolio that's kind of faced with that same position now. It's a much smaller investment. It's probably an angel type thing, but it, still, 
they'd looked at that, and at this point, the group of the board is kind of saying, mm, yeah, maybe not, right? Trusting their gut. This is good stuff. And looking carefully at why. The second thing I would say is uh, beyond trust your gut on whether you're comfortable as opposed to just happy or excited about getting the money is whether or not you've made clear your vision for where the heck you think this company is going. Your clarity will set the stage for success with your current investor. If your investor is investing in something that isn't so, it's probably because you didn't get it right. So I would say in that case, uh, you know, this is on your head, CEOs and uh, co-founders. Go get that stuff right. Get clarity around it and go hire yourself a, um, you know, an expert to help you do that if you don't have it now. Ann and I do this work all the time, by the way. This is what we do at Outlines Venture Group. We go and consult with companies that need to get clarity around this kind of thing. What are we building? What's its effect on the market? Uh, Where do we see the company going? And so on. And then they can express that clearly to their investors. And then finally, I think the third hot one here, Anne, is about um, running it through your rudder in the water. If you feel that the investor is uh, going to put down money and will have no further money to give you, but will not be supportive in assisting you in getting the next tranche, you're kind of in trouble. I would actually be concerned about taking money from a group that comes up front and says, we're going to put in 100000 a million, $5 million. I don't care what the number is, but that's it. If it works, we're going to buy you, or if it works, you've gone public, or whatever the heck it is, right? If it doesn't, that's the end of our relationship. We give it one shot and we're done. The one shot and we're done is a huge red flag for me around, if you will, that alignment of um, values maybe or maybe even just process. Uh, it isn't really an alignment of values. It's okay to say so, but you want somebody who's going to be in it for the long haul with you, who will be with you at the seat when you've got if Series D, if that's how far you have to go, or will be with you at the end when you ring the bell on Wall Street if that's where you're headed. Right. So Just no one-shot sure. wonders, huh? Exactly. No one-shot wonders. Well said. And uh, with that, I think those are the really three top learnings. Trust your gut. Do you feel comfortable, not just excited or happy? Number two, because remember, you could spend a lot of time in boardrooms with these people over very tough questions. Number two, do they understand what the heck you're doing? Did you make that clear? Because if you didn't, they're investing in something that isn't going to happen and you're down the path just awful stuff and number three no one-shot wonders make sure they're ready to sit in this for the long haul startup is hell if you're listening to this show you know that make sure your investor really does too you know that's a great place to stop startup is hell <laughs> don't so that's we know it. it and that's what we're here for <laughs> help you ease and back that up out wonderful of the statement that's yeah. it for Monday morning at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers, WebmasterRadio.fm, for their support. You can download these shows at WebmasterRadio.fm, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and so many other places around the web. You can find links to uh, you know this show and more, and then to resources at Facebook.com/slash CEO Coach Podcast. Again, Facebook.com/slash CEO Coach 
podcast. Stop by, hit the like button so we know you're out there. Tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO Coach, and thanks for joining us. I'm Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy, my partner, and also, by the way, I should say, author of an extraordinary book known as Global Search Engine Marketing, kind of the seminal work in that field, and uh, she doesn't often get uh, kudos for that. So, with that, you. you can find out more. You're welcome. You can find out more about how we help companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at OutlinesVentures.com. Till next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.